You are currently listening to a Suffolk Free Radio podcast. The views and opinions expressed on After Dinner Coffee are the views and opinions of the show personalities only and do not reflect those of Suffolk University, Suffolk Free Radio, or those at the Student Leadership and Involvement Office. Hello and welcome to After Dinner Coffee. This is Shannon. If you are new here, After Dinner Coffee is inspired by some great conversations I've had with friends and it now provides a platform to engage guests and learn something new. So with us today is Casey Benick. He is a recent business graduate from UMaine, and he is here to talk about perspective and adherence and how these two pieces are essential to sticking to your goals. So Casey, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here as well. Of course, anytime. So I wanna start out the conversation with asking you, what is perspective and where does it fit into your life? So I'd say perspective is the understanding of why you're doing what you're doing and sort of where you are in relation to those goals, how they fit into your life in that sense. I'd say that with regards to my life, it fits in frequently. Uh, You know, the older I've gotten, the more I find myself stepping back to assess what my perspective is, what my goals are, um, and circling back to that to make sure that it all still makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And you had two points that you wanted to address in terms of perspective. So there's two different aspects of perspective. Could you get into what these are and, you know, why you have these two things? Yeah, I mean, these aren't scientifically backed or supported by the uh, the viewpoints of Suffolk <laughs> University. But um, I would say, you know, perspective of goal and then perspective of progress, perspective of goal being your understanding of why you're doing the goal, um, so you understand how it fits in and makes sense to you, versus perspective of progress being the relationship with yourself and an objective means of understanding where you are with respect to progress on the goal. Right. And do you want to get into any examples to sort of clarify with this? Sure, why not? Um, I find I sort of revert back to lifting, uh, weightlifting for a lot of examples, because I think a lot of examples of perspective goal setting tend to fit in really well to those examples. Um, but when I started lifting, I encountered the fun little thing that is body dysmorphia, which when you go from being a very small 130 pound twig to then starting to actually put on some muscle, uh, initially, it's really exciting. You're looking in the mirror. You're saying, oh, wow, I'm making a lot of progress. And then gradually, your mind starts to play tricks on you where you start discounting the progress you made or you think you're regressing. Um, so I think in that instance, having things like objective numbers on the scale, progress pictures where you can objectively look and see there is definitive progress I've made and I can block out the part of my mind that is lying to me and telling me that I haven't actually achieved anything. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought perspective into the talk of goal setting and understanding where you are, because it's such a huge thing. I think a lot of times people don't think about where they are in relation to their goal objectively, like you were saying. It's really hard in your own brain to mm. step away from that and understand like where you actually are unless you're keeping track. So I, I love the example that you brought in, like progress photos. If you know, body goals are something that you're working towards and there's a certain way that you want to look or a certain, you know, number that you want to hit for weight or for lifting, 
just keeping track of it and knowing where you are in relation is super helpful in terms of you know understanding if you're getting anywhere yeah absolutely otherwise you you know have no idea what's going on you don't have any way to measure it so yeah exactly and along with perspective is also the second aspect of this so where does adherence tie into all of this yeah, so this is, again, something uh, I actually took from Dr. Mike Isertel, which, again, going back to weightlifting, um, he sort of developed this with regards to dietary adherence, but I think it really applies to everything that you do. Uh, his basic principle is that there are five levels of adherence, those being inspiration, motivation, discipline, habit, and passion. And the basic idea is that you want to be able to get to habit and passion but you inevitably aren't going to be able to do so with a lot of the things you're doing. Not everyone is going to be passionate about their job, for example. So the first level inspiration is when you look at it on a graph, per se, it's sort of like a little blip in the radar. It lasts maybe an hour or two, and it's not really anything that's going to actually get you out of bed, get you on your feet and doing something. The next is motivation. And motivation is a bit more like a wave. It's the intrinsic desire to get out of bed, do something, work towards some sort of goal, but it comes in waves. So you're not always going to be motivated to do something. Some days you might be really motivated, other days not at all. Uh, the next one is discipline. Uh, discipline differentiates from motivation in that you're consciously aware that you are making yourself do something. So a lot of times when motivation is low, people are aware, I'm doing this, I'm not motivated, but I'm disciplined. I'm going to force myself to continue this act, you know, despite right. not having Even a desire to do feel, so. Even feel the motivation there. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, and then habit, of course, you do something long enough, it becomes a habit. You're doing it consistently. It is just what you do. And then passion is sort of the step beyond that where it is a habit, but you have stronger feelings about it. Um, and I think that the... The part to take away that stood out the most to me is the combination of motivation and discipline, that being that they both, in their own way, are finite resources. You're not always going to be motivated. It is going to dip from time to time. And if you're not motivated at all, even the person with the strongest discipline can't carry on off discipline alone indefinitely. So I think the key takeaway there for me when I first heard about this is the recognition that you can get by without getting to habit. You can get by by just balancing out and having discipline supplement motivation. When you notice your motivation is starting to dip, you bring in the discipline, you force yourself to say, okay, I'm going to you know, stay at this, keep working at it until my motivation comes back up. Discipline can take a break and then build it up in reserve until you need it again when motivation inevitably dips back down. Wow, yeah. That relationship is... It's so important to sticking to your goals and getting to where you want to be because it's so true. You're not always motivated. You're not always disciplined. It's really hard to have both and they fluctuate so often. And what I was thinking about was the last episode I had on last season where I had Gaetano talking about the factors of success. And it's so similar, like these supplement each other very well where he's talking about, you know, learning from your failures and grit. And I think that's very similar, like in terms of having grit, which is kind of, you know, pushing through, you need either motivation or discipline. Mm -hmm. And I think they're similar as well in that people don't usually consciously think about them. And so I think once you take a step back and you realize like, oh, I understand 
you know, motivation when my motivation kicks in or I understand my grit from learning from failure, then Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to recognize those trends in yourself and actually utilize them as opposed to being like, oh, I feel down today. I don't feel like doing anything. And you don't really ask yourself why or what can I do to fix it? You just sort of accept this is the way things are and I'm just going to not do what I need to do today. Exactly. And that I don't feel like doing it. Would you say that's motivation? Like that's when you don't have motivation is when you don't feel like doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to wake up some days and just be like, yeah, the motivation's not there. I have no desire to do this. And without discipline, you won't. There's no reason for you to. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So I do want to kind of push this a little bit further. And why do you think that people sometimes aren't able to stick to their goals? Why do they sometimes fail? I think obviously a big part is that motivation, discipline, balance I talked about. I think a lot broader would be a lack of perspective. Um, So for brief context, I suppose, because we used to work together, uh, albeit somewhat remotely. But uh, a lot of my previous job was basically, you know, running a painting business and then developing other students, teaching them how to do that training entrepreneurship um, for college students who want to do something in the future. And my third year with the company, I missed my target by 50%, which coming off the high of breaking a company record and then potentially a second one my second year uh, was a little bit devastating for me. And I didn't really understand what had gone wrong. And it took a meeting in the, the technical year started in September. This meeting happened probably July of the following year where I sat down with my boss and he fixed the entire issue with the first question of a meeting that we had not had the past two years and we're supposed to have yearly. Um, so he asked me, you know, what did you want to get out of this year? Like, why did you want to do this? And I realized, oh, the Isn't two things. Isn't it called like the perspective meeting? It is called the perspective <laughs> meeting. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so I got my perspective <laughs> a little later. Um, but in him asking me, what did you want to get out of this year? I realized that, you know, the two things that I'd wanted was a number, uh, revenue number, 750000 and a position, junior general manager, which involves running other mentors. And both of those went out of the realm of feasibility in October when the mentor I was working with was unable to continue and we didn't hit the hiring target. And so mm-hmm. what I realized is that instead of recentering my perspective and adjusting the goal, I just put my head down and pushed forward because that's what I had always done. I didn't know to reevaluate and change things. And so I was feeling miserable for eight or nine months because I was pursuing a goal that in the back of my mind, I knew we were never going to hit, but I never took the time to address that and to come to terms with that. And then the other layer on top of that is going beyond the goal that was missed. I didn't even understand why I wanted to do that position and why it was important to me other than it was the next logical step in the progression. Um, So being able to, you know, that was a big turning point, being able to recognize like, oh, I've spent the past 10 months with my head in the sand working towards something I'm never going to hit instead of addressing the problem, which was perspective and understanding why this is important and refocusing on, okay, that's not attainable. What is important to me now and how do I achieve that? Wow, yes. The first thing that comes to my mind is I actually had (laughs) Joe Robinson on here Mm -hmm. a little bit ago and we were talking about goal setting 
and he said something very similar and I think you just kind of added a layer onto that where he was talking about not hitting short-term goals and if you don't reframe it you're never gonna hit like you know this kind of ultimate goal and in my mind I think everyone has a similar ultimate goal of like just being happy like Mm -hmm. it's kind of comes down to just like you know living a life where you feel fulfilled and happy and all the little things you do throughout your life kind of bring you to that point and I don't know you have to think about all the things you miss or all the things that you don't achieve and unless it's actually keeping you from living a happy life it can be reframed and it can be like reassessed and you can figure out a new goal and a new way to go forward so yeah I like how you you said like you're, you need to stop and figure out your why now. Like, why now are you going to continue on? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what is going to motivate you to do what you got to do? Yeah. And I think what you were saying about happiness, even happiness can be reassessed because what makes you happy now or what you believe is going to be the, the end goal, which I'll hit that, I'll be satisfied, I'll be happy, might not always be the same thing. And so I think people can get lost in that too when they pursue a specific end target out of the belief that it will bring them happiness Mm. and then they achieve that and they realize it wasn't quite what they were expecting or maybe their idea of happiness changes along the way but they never address that with themselves and they keep pursuing down the wrong path exactly you need to keep reassessing to understand what is going to bring you what you desire and I don't Mm. like to really phrase it like that but you're very right and even sometimes like this is kind of going off track a little bit but even sometimes like going for happiness as an end goal I should have rephrased that because it's not always possible like sometimes you're miserable and you need to just go for you know being content or being like okay with what's going on until you can actually get to that but Mm -hmm. besides the point (laughs) yeah no of course um the other thing with regard uh, I know we've pushed a little from why people fail their goals but something I always thought was interesting growing up which I now have a big gripe with and my boss thinks it's really funny Uh, but the idea of smart goals uh, like from a kid you know young uh, like elementary school we've been told about smart goals which I may butcher this but uh, specific measurable attainable relevant maybe and then time sensitive is basically what we're told like do this and this will help you achieve your goals Mm -hmm. Uh, it was leadership iq who actually did an analysis to see if there was a correlation between whether or not the goal was smart and whether or not the goal was hit and what they actually found after surveying something like 5,000 employees across 400 different firms is there was no meaningful correlation whatsoever so (laughs) and this has been implemented in like so many schools so many businesses and there's there's no no backing for it There's never been any empirical evidence that it works, and when they actually went to get it, they found the opposite effect. So that's not saying smart goals are bad. I think smart goals have a place, but it takes an added part, which is implementation intention, which is probably the best thing I took away from the best class I took at UMaine, which was uh, consumer behavior, basically psychology for marketing. And the idea behind implementation intention is that it's a more concrete method of defining how you're going to get to a goal. So their empirical evidence for this was actually with uh, voter turnout. So they had, I forget what they're called, but the people who call people say, hey, are you voting this year to increase voter turnout? 
What they found actually increased voter turnout was not asking, you know, are you going to vote? People saying yes and then them showing up. It was asking them, what is your plan to get to the polls? What time are you going to vote? Oh. How are you getting there? What are you doing right before you leave? And so, uh, for example, to take it back to fitness again, because evidently this is one of the only two things that I know how to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, if someone can say, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds by March 31st. And that in itself is a smart goal. It's specific. You want to lose 10 pounds. That is measurable. It's attainable. And it's time sensitive. Right. But the difference between that and the implementation intention would be saying, I want to lose 10 pounds by March 31st. And that is my smart goal. And I'm going to go to the gym on the corner of, you know, Western Ave after my five o'clock class gets out Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. And after every meal that I eat on Monday through Friday, I'm going to track my calories, putting in specific things that define how you are going to achieve that goal and not just the setting of the goal itself. That makes a lot of sense because, you know, you can set as many goals as you want, but if you don't have a plan for how you're going to reach them, then how are you going to reach them? Yeah, exactly. So it's that first step of going beyond the goal and making an actual plan that had the correlation of increased success rate. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I do have one thing to add that I think is important in terms of like adhering to goals that you set. And this is something that I just talked about in my um, health psychology class. So it's a lot about, you know, making sure behaviors turn into habits Mm. that are good for your health. Um, And that's self-efficacy. Have you heard that term before? Not enough to know it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just don't want to over-explain if I don't need to. But um, self-efficacy is an individual's belief in themselves to attain their goal. Hmm. And I just wanted to add that on because I think for me, sometimes I'll have, you know, a goal, I'll have the how, I'll have a plan, but I don't actually believe that I can do it. And I won't attain it. So I think that's just one more thing to add on to. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's a level of honesty with yourself. And I think it's hard to be honest if you don't understand why it's important, why you're doing this and how you're doing it. So I think I've unintentionally been dishonest to myself on goals in the past just because I didn't have those other aspects of like, how am I actually going to achieve this? I just blindly said, oh, I can do this, and then didn't because I never made a proper plan for how that was going to happen. Yeah, and going back to what you were saying earlier about you realize at some point you could not attain the goal. So at that point you had kind of lost the self-efficacy and you just kept going. And I know you were, obviously, you corrected this and you reframed your goal and you eventually got there. And it's just so important to... Yeah, take a step back, reframe things, and just, like, know why and how you're going for what you're going. And I think as well, in terms of you saying you got the goal, I did not get the goal. I did, in fact, miss the target by 50%. (laughs) But I think to a degree, it's it's being okay with that. It's at least understanding. By the end of that, it was a success because I had learned about perspective and I had understood better what my actual motivations were. And I would rather that and miss the target by 50% than some miracle comes out of the woodworks, I hit the target, and I learn nothing and repeat the mistake in the future. 
So I think having that perspective on missed goals as well is important. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then my final question is, do you have any advice on how you can regain lost perspective or anything that you want to kind of reemphasize to close this out? Yeah, so I think ultimately the whole thing should be a circle in that you recognize your perspective, the perspective and having it line up generates the motivation, which you then supplement with discipline, use implementation intention to drive the progress, and then consistently coming back to check on that perspective ensures that it keeps the ball rolling. I think the issue that people run into is that it's very hard to check your perspective when you're in the middle of something and you're pushing for a goal. So I think all of these things are tools, but if you can't do that initial step of checking perspective, it's all useless. So I'd say the biggest thing is just being able to take a step back and audit yourself with regards to perspective and motivation. Because if you can't step back and objectively say, why do I want to do this? Why is this important to me? Is the place I'm doing this or the thing I'm doing going to get me what I want out of this? And then finally, how do I do that? Without those pieces of information, any planning that you do is going to be futile because you're not actually affecting the outcome. You're just sort of mixing in little variables if what you're doing doesn't actually make sense. So I think it's stepping back and recognizing, do I still want to do this? Is it still have the value it had to me when I started this? Right, exactly. And we were talking about this um, before we started recording, but it is something that I wanted to mention. Um, it's a little bit off topic, but if you don't have that perspective, like, you know, say you're stuck in a rut where you're in, you know, a situation where you've been sad for a while and in your mind, your brain, your brain is not that smart. You know, your brain gets stuck in this and it's unable to think outside of this because it thinks that, you know, I'm sad now, I'm always going to be sad. And it kind of just like stick to that cycle because that's what it knows how to do. Um, and it can be really hard to take a step back but once you actually just, you know, take a breath and think outside the box for a second, you can regain that perspective. And I just wanted to add this in because I think, you know, what you're talking about is specific to goal setting, but just to emphasize that it's not only goal setting, it's really applicable to anything in your life is making sure you have perspective on what you're doing and what you want to get out of it. It's just so important. And I think the importance of things as well, because I think another thing that benefits from perspective is understanding the magnitude of things. Like I've seen a lot of people stressed out, like, oh, I'm so worried I'm going to fail this one test. It's like, okay, well, sure, grades are important, but in the grand scheme of things, like 10 years down the road, are you still going to be stressing out about the fact that you failed this one test 10 years ago? Um, and I think people tend to stress a lot more about things that shouldn't keep them up at night because in the grand scheme of things they're not as big as they make them out to me and again when you're in the thick of it it's very difficult to recognize that and I think that piece specifically is probably the biggest part of perspective that I still struggle with is being able to step back and isolate the magnitude of what I'm actually stressing about to diminish that stress. Wow yeah that's a really good addition 
because sometimes things gain magnitude because they're closer to you in like terms of time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh yeah, I have my test tomorrow. I'm going to be extremely stressed about it simply because it's tomorrow. But then exactly like you said, you step back and you realize, you know, you had a test last week and you're not stressed about that anymore. It already happened. You have a test next month. You're not stressed about it yet because it just isn't, you know, that close to you. And just taking taking the step away to realize, like, it only feels that intense because it seems so close to you. But, I don't know, time time isn't linear. So you just have to realize, like, put it into your lifelong perspective versus just what you're thinking in the moment. I thought for a second we were about to go down the route of, hey, kids, drop out of school, nothing matters. And then I realized why Suffolk does not endorse the podcast. <laughs> No. Or sorry, the no, views expressed <laughs> by the guests on the podcast. No, exactly. They're smart to put that disclaimer. <laughs> but yeah, do you have anything else you would like to add before we close out? Uh, I, I don't think too much. I, I really just think that people tend to not dig into their motivations and why they do things. And I think it's something that once you start trying, it becomes almost second nature you still have to make the concerted effort um, but I found that since I started actively focusing on it in general I've been a lot happier and a lot more fulfilled and a lot less stressed I'm still a very stressed out person but this is nothing <laughs> compared to what it was um, and, and so I think it really uh, there's no downside to just paying a little bit more attention to those things and how would you say that you like, are there things you ask yourself? Are there specific things that you do to remember why you're doing things or, like, the motivation? Yeah, a lot of it comes back to uh, when I, I do this a lot in my work and my free time, like, hobbies and things like that. But I ask myself, what did I want to get out of this? How did this help me achieve that? Is that thing still important to me? And is this still the best environment for me to achieve that if it is the case? And if not what do I need to do to change that to either make that the case or find the thing that does that for me or where do I need to search for to find that thing that actually is going to fulfill the need that I have whether that's happiness money some other sort of enjoyment or goal yeah I think I'm really glad I asked that because I think those questions are essential to actually getting something that you can take from this podcast and directly apply so using those exact questions, anytime you need to reframe your perspective is super helpful. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, thank you so much for coming and being on the podcast, going out of your way to make it here to Boston, which is... Thank you for having me and for welcoming me at the beginning. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have a topic that you would love to discuss? If you do, feel free to message me at After Dinner Coffee on Instagram.